Welcome back to Inside the Nest. Yes, we are back here getting set for the new academic athletic year at Kennesaw State University. And what better way to return from our brief summer hiatus than with an Olympic athlete? None other than our own KSU alumnus who is headed off to Tokyo to represent the United States of America in the hammer throw, our own, the former national champion, Daniel Haw. That's our guest today. I'm Nolan Alexander. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inside the Nest, presented by our friends at Fifth Third Bank. So before we hop into this interview with Daniel Hall, a couple of big things have happened here at Kennesaw State as of late. One, I want to give a big welcome and homecoming return to Ryan Coe, our new head coach for KSU Baseball. We'll be sure to have Coach Coe here on the pod as he gets settled into KSU. I also want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, go ahead and download our brand new app. It's the KSU Owls app. If you're looking for the download link, go to ksuowls.com slash app. That's the quickest way, ksuowls.com slash app. And from there, a link will pop up. You can text the link to your cell phone, so then you can download that link straight on your phone, ksuowls.com slash app. This new app is fantastic. You will love it. It is truly a one-stop shop for everything KSU leading up, and then on game day. Everything you're going to want all in one place and even more reward opportunities than before. So please go on ahead and download the new KSU Owls app and do it now because those that download by August 1st will be able to have their points from the previous app rolled over. So got to do it by August 1st. And want to give a shout out to a couple of people, Kelsey Tolbert and Laura Navas, from our marketing department, they did one heck of a job getting this app up and on the ground, working with our friends at From Now On. And give Lauren just a little bit of patience here because all of those points have to be rolled over manually. So if you don't see it come up instantaneously, give her a little bit of time. There's literally thousands upon thousands of people she has to roll over. But that will happen if you download the app by August 1st. Okay, got that out of the way. Let's get back to Daniel Hall. He is the guest today. Former national champion, the hammer throw in 2019 at KSU. He qualified for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Opening ceremonies are the 23rd. Daniel Haw's events aren't until the beginning of August. So the, the main takeaway I get from Haw today is this is probably the most down-to-earth, humble, and I can't say he's the most focused because I think all Olympians are focused, but he seems to come across in that upper echelon of athletes that are just focused on the next step ahead and not caught up in everything that's in their peripheral vision. One heck of an athlete, an amazing story, and someone we're all proud of for what he's doing here representing KSU before the national stage, on the world stage, and now on the world's biggest stage. So without further ado, let's kick off the return of Inside the Nest with the Olympian Daniel Hall. Inside the Nest is back and an appropriate way to come back after a bit of a summer break with our Olympian, Daniel Haas, set to head off to Tokyo for the 2020 Olympic Games, representing the United States of America in the hammer throw. Daniel, this is not your first time on Inside the Nest. We actually spoke back at the start of the pandemic. And if I remember correctly, that time there was a lot of uncertainty for you. 
I didn't know when some of those events were going to be, the, the U.S. qualifying events, the status of the Olympic Games. You were trying to figure out where to train. I think we spoke a little bit. You had done some stuff in, out in, like in a farm in Kansas. Fast forward more than 365 days, life's changed for you. One thing that hasn't changed, I think, has been your commitment to pursuing excellence and achieving your dreams. What's been important for you over the past year to overcome a lot of uncertainty and find yourself wearing the red, white, and blue in the Olympics. Yeah, for sure. You know, first of all, thank you. Thank you for having me back. You know, it's always a fun time being on here. Yeah, I think last time we spoke, you know, COVID had hit. I had gone up to Kansas to train at a farm. And there was a lot of uncertainty. You know, we didn't know what the trials were still being held. We didn't know if the games were being held at that point. And uh, like you said, you know, you just, you'd have to stay committed to excellence, you know, everything you do. and especially at, at the top level, at the world-class level, you have to be dedicated. You have to have that fire burning inside you where you're just, we are willing to do absolutely anything and everything. And so even through the pandemic, you know, maintaining that focus of that, you, you know, you, you know, you belong on that Olympic team and, and maintaining that focus of, of excellence. It's a must. When the, uh, we came back and you know, the games were rescheduled, we just kept to our plan and, Ended up training all through this year with that, that end goal in mind of making this Olympic team and, you know, trying to go to the Olympic Games and, and get an Olympic medal. And, um, you know, it kind of worked out good in our favor where it kind of gave us another year to prepare. And uh, so now we can really go in with, with medal contention with the red, white, and blue across our chest. We're sitting here recording this on the morning of Friday, July 16th. When do you head to Tokyo? Next Saturday, which would be the, the 24th. So just over one week away, what's this next week going to look like for you before you hit the plane? Just another day, man. When you're in high school and you're at you know, a little bit lower level, everyone's like, all right, you know, it's, it's game day, it's meet day, you got to get your eight hours, go to bed early, you know. You know, if you live every day like that, 365 days a year, you shouldn't change your, your preparations any. You know, and so a week out from – the Olympic Games, you know, it's just another night. You go to bed at the same time. You eat the same stuff. You're living that championship life that you would say live in high school. You know, it's state championship season. And I were two weeks out. We got to get good sleep. But if you live that championship life every day for 10 years, it's just another day. Waking up, going to practice, uh, you know, right now in training, the reps are all about quality right now. Uh, we came back from Olympic trials three weeks ago, and we hit we hit volume pretty hard, come off of our peak. And then right now we're doing three weeks of just really quality lower rep training, very high intensity. So you know the practices change a little bit when you when we're getting this close. The overall mindset's always the same. You know your day to day life is always the same. You're always you're always on that that championship life mode, and you're always trying to do what's necessary to compete at this highest level. And it's something we really shouldn't have to change the week of, you know, you definitely want to make sure T's are crossed and your eyes are dotted. You know, so I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, my chiropractors, my physio people, just making sure the body is moving correctly. You know, during the fall and during the off season, you can really get bogged up. This is the time to really make sure everything is, is in line and uh, it's moving the way you want to, but, for the most part, it's just another day, man. Just, just getting ready to go to another track meet. Oh, that's the phrase, right? Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's it, yeah. So after you qualified for the Olympics, what changed as far as your interactions with the, the U.S. Olympic Committee, Team USA, 
how, how did that work out? Did you get a lot more communication? Did you get more resources and support over the past month or so? You know, the communication's gone up just because there's, especially with COVID, there's so many, there's so many logistics with this Olympic Games, you know, with COVID, there's, there's so many different testing protocols, and, you know, since there's no fans allowed, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of paperwork that needs to get done. But in terms of like funding and, and communication with USA Track and Field, uh, I, I, when I graduated Kennesaw, I had, uh, I was entered in this funding program called Talent Protection Program. And it's a program where if your top two marks average the world standard that year, you'll get put in this funding program to try and keep you in the sport. And just track's very unforgiving sport. And, um, you know, if you're not on, on the day, you're, you're not really gonna, you're not going to make it, you know? And so USA track and field came up with that program to try and keep guys. They saw there was like an 18 month time span of people who graduated college and trying to pursue the next level of the world class, the professional, the world championship, the Olympic level. Um, it's always 18 months, like dropout period. Whether these guys are NCAA champions, you know, they need to be competing at the next level. And it takes a couple more years to really develop that horsepower as an athlete. Um, so they developed that program. And I was lucky enough that my top two throws my senior year at KSU were above the world standard. So there were 19 of us in the NCAA that got put in this program. And so our communication's always been high. You know, it's a great team of people over there. It's a great organization. But yeah, this past month, man, just with the COVID stuff, all the COVID uh, hoops to jump through, you know, Japan is on like code red level three lockdown of COVID, uh, you know, that we have to do, they sent us uh, four tests four COVID tests that we have to do in person and pretty much swab our ourselves and uh, input the results through an app, like 96 hours before travel. And then another 72 hours before travel. And then like another time when you're on the plane. And so it's all like clocked down to the minute of when we have to do these COVID tests before we even get to the border of Japan. So setting up all the logistics with that's pretty, uh, kind of a pain in the butt, but part of the process. So getting ready for Japan, have you ever been to the continent of Asia before anywhere remotely close to Japan in your travels? Never, never. Um, I've never left the country until I've been to like Mexico for like family vacation, you know, and, and the Caribbean one time on like a cruise, but like never really left the country in my adult life until 2019. My senior year at KSU, you know, I made the, the world team and, Doha, Qatar, and then I made a USA versus Europe team in uh, Minsk, Belarus. And that was the first time, I think I told you, you know, when I got arrived in Minsk and I look out the window and I was like, holy crap, I'm on the other side of the world. Like, it's no, it's no two-hour bus ride. I can't see Kennesaw Mountain from here. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't see the nest from here. <laughs> it was a pretty crazy feeling, you know, it's like, it took you literally a whole day, like 24-hour period to get there jumping on three, four different planes. And so that was my first time out of the country. Japan, now I'm moving over to Asia. And, uh, it's going to be a 13-hour and 40-minute flight direct from Atlanta to Tokyo. And I think the flight goes, you think it would fly like across, you know, across the United States, across the Pacific. But I think it actually flies up over the North Pole. And you just plop right down in Japan. Are you going to stop and do a little Christmas in July with Santa? See if you can get some extra uh, gifts before the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, I might see what old Mr. Claus is up to. <laughs> well, I, I would assume, Daniel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume yeah. given how Japan is with COVID, you said right now that the level that they're at, you wanting to make sure that you can compete in the Olympics 
probably uh, safe to say you're going to be very limited in the Olympic Village for yeah. what you are going to do up until you compete? Yeah, for sure. Um, I know they built an awesome village. Uh, I think back in 2019, they finished it. Obviously, COVID hit and now here. But, yeah, it's an awesome village. But I don't – I know the dining hall will be like, you know, they'll serve you. And, like, on the tables, you'll have these big – like plastic shields separating you like each like cubicles of of eating hmm. um but you're we're tested every day there and so it's going to be difficult you know there's already people uh, from european teams that have arrived over in japan and um you know they've already tested positive and so there's a 10-day quarantine period and if you miss your event you miss your event you know and so hmm. it's kind of up to you to you know i'm, I'm vaccinated so that helps out a little bit but you know, it's kind of up to you on, on how serious you want to kind of get through this. Because even if you test positive and you don't have anything, you know, you're done. You know, your opportunity you've worked for, is, it's over. It's kind of, it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Like, you know, like I told you the other day, you know, it's a, it's a historic games to be a part of with the pandemic. So it's, it's really cool to be part of history, but at the same time, there's a lot of added stress to competing at the games you know, I mean, competing at the Olympic Games is enough stress as it is, you know, but adding all the COVID stuff and you end up testing positive and then you're in quarantine for 10 days and then you're like, it's, it's just enough stress as it is trying to worry about that and not, not getting that positive test result. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody's going to be pretty, pretty locked down. I mean, I'm sure everyone would lock down themselves, you know, no one wants to test positive. I completely understand that. And, and a part of me was, looking ahead you know planning out this summer i thought oh it'd be great to do an interview with daniel it'd be fun to do it in person and then also having the thought well goodness gracious if the worst case scenario happened and daniel were to somehow contract covid from me and not miss the olympics i would not be able to live with myself so glad that you're (laughs) able to do this podcast uh virtually with me today so uh, with that though do you know uh i know you're hyper focused on your event which i believe is august 4th uh, looking up the schedule. Yeah, it's the uh, the qualifications, the second, and then mm. the uh, the fourth is the final. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you know if you have any availability in your schedule after your event to be able to enjoy the games a little bit more? Maybe enjoy a, a little bit Man, more. They're making the athletes leave pretty much the day after they compete, and so USA Track and Field usually, you know, with opening ceremonies. I think opening ceremonies are only like a week away right now, or maybe eight days away i think so i think they're a week away um yeah they're making like we're only allowed to get out seven days prior to the start of our event which is terrible i mean it's, it's not an optimal situation um hey look at yourself to go off of that yeah july 23rd uh so a week from today so you said you're gonna the 24th so you'll arrive a day after opening ceremonies right so i'm missing opening ceremonies all the I think all of the track and field throwers are missing opening ceremonies just because of where our event lies in the seven day period, you know? And so that, that really sucks, <laughs> you know, it really sucks, but um, yeah. So like I said, awesome games to be a part of, but there's a lot of hoops and jumps you have to go through that you know, you're not going to get kind of the same experience as you did in 2016 or 2012 or any other Olympic games. Yeah. So they're not usually if we're normal Olympic games, you would get out maybe like the first week in July and you do a training camp over somewhere in that time zone. Uh, but for this game, you know, they're not, 
they're not having it. So you can only get out there seven days. And then, so for example, the men's hammer final is the fourth. The medal ceremony is the fifth. And so the sixth, we're flying out. Mm. And so there's not a whole lot of time to kind of go sightsee. And you don't really want to do that before you compete because when you're there, it's, you know, it's about business and whatnot. But like in Qatar, we had five days after I competed to go kind of check things out. And so I don't even know if, I mean, I don't even know if Japan is going to be able to, you know, with everything being so locked down, I'm not even sure that's an option. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth-third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank, member FDIC. Boy, it's great to catch up with Daniel Ha here on Inside the Nest, our return to the weekly podcast covering Kennesaw State Athletics and the 1KS community. If you're enjoying this podcast, please like it, rate it, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button on the app that you're listening to. We're available everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. It's Daniel Ha here on Inside the Nest. Here's what we're going to do, Daniel. I really want to go to Tokyo at some point in my life. I want to see Japan. So we're going to plan yeah. out a trip in the future after you win gold, and we're going to go back and you can show me the exact facility and everything where you stayed and where you won gold, and then we can we can do our fun sightseeing there. Let's go. I love the sound of that. I love it. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll probably get some interviews too because you've gotten a, a lot more media publicity, rightfully so, leading up to these Olympics. And being there and hearing your interviews – you sound like a pro. You've uh, you started doing interviews before I got here to Kennesaw State, but hearing from you and hearing from some others, you've grown a lot in your media abilities and your comfortability on air and in front of the camera. So you win gold, they stick a camera in front of your face. You're going to be ready for the interview. I guess so, man. I don't know. I, I appreciate those words, though. That, uh, that means a lot. Yeah, I guess. Uh... I guess practice makes perfect. I don't know. When I was younger, I used to get really nervous about this type of stuff, but not so much anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would say. I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> I haven't well, thought much about that. Well, I, I know your focus lies lies elsewhere right now, Daniel. But yeah. I, I want to go back saying when you were younger, when yeah. did you first dream about competing in the Olympics? Yeah, um, you know, I played football freshman year of high school like every other kid. Didn't really enjoy it. Didn't really like going home with headaches every day. I ended up getting super, super, super bad concussion. It kind of forced me out of the sport. And I uh, wasn't, wasn't too upset about it. <laughs> but uh, I was more upset about, like, the whole friend thing. You know, you're with your friends all day long after school and that camaraderie. And so, you know, I started up 
track that spring of 2012. So 2011, 2012 was my sophomore year of high school. And uh, that spring I started throwing and learned hammer throw. And that summer was the Olympic Games in London. I remember I was sitting on my family friend's couch in my neighborhood. There were two kids I grew up with, still my best friends this day, Cole and Bryce Tingley. And I'm sitting there with their dad and them. And we're watching the game. And I just sound like a massive PR in the hammer, but at like 52 meters. And um, I had just gotten like 12th place at the Junior Olympic National Championship. <laughs> like not, not great, but it was my first year. I got 12th place at a national meet. I was pumped. thought I was a man. I was sitting on their couch and, you know, we were just talking. Mr. King was like, man, you could do that one day. And I started sitting there and watching these guys come out in the opening ceremonies, you know, waving the American flag. And that's when this hit me of like, this is what I want. Like, I want that. That was 2012 and now 2021 and I have it. You know, and it was, it was a long journey to get there, but that was the moment, you know, I'm sitting on that couch with the Tingley family and sitting there and watching Michael Phelps come out holding the American flag and, Watching him uh, walk through that London stadium, you know, that was the moment of like, okay, you know, this this is really what I want. London, that stadium is still my dream stadium to compete in. Hopefully a world championship goes back there. Or a continental tour meet goes back to London because because of that moment is why I want to compete in that stadium so bad. It's my favorite Olympic stadium. will probably be more of my favorite stadium than the Tokyo stadium. But it was that moment that really is what sparked this whole journey. Well, Daniel, as upsetting as it is that the world's not in a better place right now and you can't experience the traditional aspects of the Olympics, the opening ceremonies, all, everything that has to do with the Olympic Village, uh, just more of the, the pomp and circumstance of it, I believe this, that of any year and any time in our history – if somebody is truly defined as an Olympian for what that means and what all they have had to overcome, especially over this past year, this is the year. And you said this is a, you're so proud to yeah. be here. This is an Olympics unlike any other. We at Kennesaw State are extremely proud of you for what you've done. And, and now as an American to represent the red, white, and blue in this Olympics for the difficulties and the obstacles that you have overcome, training in a farm in Kansas, not knowing what the future holds, focusing on each day, staying ready so you don't have to get ready. And here you are a week out from heading to Tokyo. Thank you for yeah. joining us on Inside the Nest. And I'll, I'll leave it with you, Mr. Olympian. Is there anything that you'd like to say here at the end? I mean, just what you just said, Nolan, was was kind of uh, kind of hit me. You know, I, I've never – I'm the type of guy where, uh, you know, you don't really realize what you're doing until for me i don't think i'll ever realize the level at which i'm competing or what i'm doing until i'm done you know people always ask oh when it's gonna hit you i'm like oh it'll probably hit me when i get there you know I'm like no it's probably not you know it didn't hit me in guitar when i got there i don't think this is gonna hit me until i'm 40 years old and washed up you know and i'm back to kind of you know civilian life but like what you said you know the definition of an olympian and the olympic spirit i haven't really given that much thought as to how of the journey of the past just the past year of what everybody had to overcome to make this olympic team and you know the team usa is the hardest team to make period there's no arguing that being an olympian from any other country is an awesome feat as it is but being a united states olympian 
means so much. You know, it's 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 literally the hardest team to make. There's so much depth in the United States. Yeah, like I was saying, I don't I don't think I'll ever really truly understand or comprehend the weight of that until I'm done. You know, I always talk about like your athletic pursuit or your business pursuit or your career is like climbing a mountain, you know, and you know, my parents will tell you, coach Mike, my roommates will tell you, I don't think trophies in my room. I don't have my senior jerseys in my room. I don't have my NCAA ring, NCAA championship ring sitting out in my room. I don't have my USA jerseys framed sitting in my room. I don't, I don't really like climbing up the mountain and keeping, keep looking out at the view. I'm a guy who likes to just kind of focus on what's in front of me and that can be, super beneficial and it can also hurt me sometimes but that's just kind of my mindset that's my personality like you know you know we've hung out a lot and so I'm always kind of focused on the one foot in front of me I don't think I'll ever realize kind of the mountain I've climbed until I get all the way back down and I look back up at it so but what you said just just hit me really hard you know the Olympic spirit and what that means and super proud of myself for sure well Daniel best of luck safe travels to Tokyo and you know we'll all be watching here from Kennesaw I appreciate it Nolan thank you brother you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. Safe travels, best of luck to Daniel representing the United States of America as an Olympian in the hammer throw competition at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Yes, it is still referred to as the 2020 Olympics. I know what year we're in. At least I do today. Some days, uh, I'll be honest, folks, I don't know where my mind's at, and it doesn't seem like we're in 2021. But here we are, and we're ready to watch Daniel compete against the best in the world, representing the red, white, and blue, and the black and gold, too. I'm Nolan Alexander. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Inside the Nest. And until next time, go Owls.